My name is Leroy Larry and welcome. Natural physics will explain in down-to-earth scenarios how the principles of physics could have come about from observing nature. Each episode begins with a scenario followed by an example to illustrate the application of these principles in futuristic research at the frontiers of science, such as my astrophysics research, and then concludes with an exploration of how these same principles could have very well been used by ancient cultures and civilizations. Mathematics is naturally encountered and incorporated as the exciting and fun tool of science that it is. Science is the window into our amazing world of nature and mathematics is the tool to open that window. Natural physics encompasses current, futuristic, and ancient physics and ties them together by the principles of physics that are common threads running throughout each. Talk to Greetings. Greetings. My name is Leroy. Excuse. Oh. Greetings. My name is Leroy Larry, and welcome to Natural Physics. Coming to you live from Costa Rica. In this episode, using physics and mathematics, we begin our exploration of the mysterious Mesoamerican pre-Columbian spheres of Costa Rica found nowhere else in the world. As to their origin, no one knows who, when, why, and especially how. My first encounter with a sphere was on the campus of the University of Costa Rica. And now I would like to introduce the other two participants in our second episode. Mariela Bonilla and Bruce Palo. Hello, everyone. We are My name is Mariela Bonilla. I'm an English teacher. I'm from Costa Rica. I hope you learn a lot about natural physics with us. Nice to meet everyone, and thanks for the invitation, Leroy. Leroy is my personal men mentor and teacher, so I'm going to be learning along with the rest of you. I wish I had had him as a science teacher back when I was in high school. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you both. Okay. Now, it is my understanding that we are going to now play a video that Mariella and her son Gabriel made. So please enjoy and uh, we will uh, see you at the end of the video. Um, hello, is this a science class? Hi, yes, my name is Teacher Mariela. I'm from Costa Rica. I'm an English teacher. 
Who are you? My name is Gabriel. I'm from Costa Rica. What is this class? What is this class about? This class is about the pre-Columbian spheres in Costa Rica. Uh, Pre-Columbian spheres? Yes. What are the pre-Columbian spheres? The pre-Columbian spheres were declared a national symbol of Costa Rica in 2014. At the same time, they were declared World Heritage Site by the UNESCO. According to a research made by Oscar Murillo, the creation of the spheres is not clear. It's still a mystery. But there are assumptions and theories which say that they were planetary guides, a kind of spherical calendar. There are also stories which say that our great-grandparents were able to predict eclipses depending on the position of the sun and the moon seen from the spheres. Although the investigations, there is no certain theory which explains how the pre-Columbian spheres were made in a perfect symmetrical form. Even though the technology, those spheres could not have been recreated. There is also a theories which say that they are signs of hierarchy and ethnic distinction, but there are also stories which talk about their extraterrestrial origin. How many spheres are there? There are more than 500 petrospheres. You can find them in groups of 15, 14, and uh, ranging the diameter between three, three inches to nine feet. And their weight is around 16 tons. Wow, they're so big. And who made them? Yes, it's supposed they were made by the Bruncas or Borucas because they were or they are the indigenous um, tribe from the country who live in that area. Where are the spheres located? The spheres are located in the Delta Diques in southern Costa Rica. There is a doubt why they are located only in that zone, but not in the rest of the country or in the rest of the world. There is evidence that they, the Bruncas gather with other ethnies, with other indigenous tribes, because along or near to the spheres, the petrospheres, there are stone paths that led to other cultures. So people may think that other cultures helped the Bruncas to create 
the petrospheres. And there's also evidence that they gathered probably to celebrate an event, a natural phenomenon or something like that in different points of Cartago in the southern of the country. It could be Paris Celedon, Salamanca, Sierpe, and those places. found the spears. Despite the Spanish incursions to the area, the spheres were mentioned until 1547 when Francisco Pizarro, the conqueror of Peru, mentioned them in his chronicles. He wrote, I heard that the high lords of this empire gather every four years in the country of the bulls. There is evidence that other tribes gather with at the same place with the broncas because they were found aircrafts. After that, in 1939, the United Fruit Company deforested the lands around the Dickies River to grow banana, and the spheres were found. And what are the spheres made of? According to the archaeologists of the National Museum of Costa Rica, the spheres were made from large blocks of stone. Spheres are considered unique in the world by their number, size, perfection, formation, abstraction, outside all the natural models. Its great value lies in the fact that they were made under technological and social conditions, which is very difficult. The spheres are totally linked in the collective memory of the Costa Ricans who make reproductions of them in steel, stone, bronze, concrete, and some of them are placed in the entrance of their houses or in special buildings or institutions in our country and outside the country. You can find reproductions of the stones in important buildings of the country like the National Museum, Asamblea Legislativa, also out of the country, for example, in the Costa Rican Embassy in Washington, United States. Last hypothesis says that the spheres are an artistic, symbolic, and a spiritual creation of the universe, according to Brunka spirituality that was developed for a Costa Rican architect. Thank you so much for attending this information about Costa Rican pre-Columbian spheres.
Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Thank you, Mariella and Gabriel. Okay. Hey, I have a question. May I ask a yes. quick question? <clears throat> of course. I'm wondering, Anytime. do these spheres, do they only exist in Costa Rica or are they in other countries in Central America? To my knowledge, only in Costa Rica. I mean, nowhere else in the world. Is it, isn't that unreal? Only in Costa Rica. Now, I have read that there's some bolder or round-shaped objects in Scotland, and, and I think perhaps that area. But in terms of this particular kind of sphere, only Costa Rica. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Now, I mentioned my first encounter was on the university, uh, the campus of the University of Costa Rica. There's the picture of me with that sphere. It's, it's one of my favorite all-time pictures. I mean, it's my first encounter with an ancient enigma, a mystery that no one has solved. And as I stood there leaning up against it, I thought to myself, how, in ancient times, who could have moved this? <laughs> How many people would it take to move this, to even roll it an inch? I mean, it, it just, it's so massively solid. It, it really is. And I thought, how much could this weigh? I mean, really, what, what could it weigh? Now, it's not as if I had the Incredible Hulk there to lift it up and put it on a scale, right? And even if that were possible, what kind of scale could be used to, to weigh something that massive? I mean, it'd have to be what they weighed the space shuttles with, right? Something that huge. Now, physics and mathematics will allow us to get a good idea of the weight of that sphere that I'm standing next to without the use of a scale, without having to try to lift it. In physics, there's an equation that says the density of an object is equal to the mass of that object times the size of that object. So do a little algebra, right? Here comes the math. Do a little algebra, and what do we have? We have that the mass of this sphere is going to be equal to its density times its size or volume. So if we can get the density and the volume, we got a good shot at at least having a ballpark guess at how much it might weigh. Okay, this is without lifting it, using a scale. We're gonna use physics and mathematics. Okay, so now we got the equation from physics. Let's use mathematics. Now, this sphere, we're gonna make an assumption here that it's perfectly spherical in shape. I mean, who knows how long ago it was made, right? Thousands of years ago. Let's call it a sphere. I mean, I mean, I don't know how it was done, but let's just give credit to whoever did this sphere. Let's call it a perfect sphere. So in geometry, 
there's equations that will tell us, if we know the radius of the sphere, they'll tell us what the circumference of it is, the surface area, and the volume. So we need to get the radius of this sphere. And we're not going to drill a hole down in it. No way. It's a priceless artifact from the past. You don't damage those objects. Okay, so let's see. Okay, the picture of me standing next to it. I'm about six foot three, okay? Six feet, three inches tall. So let's just say that sphere is about six feet tall, okay? Okay, so now let's convert that to meters. Six feet is about 1.8 meters, and we need the radius. So, oh, let me go back. We said that its height is 1.8 meters. Well, because it's a sphere, we can also say that its diameter is, is also its height, okay? So now we can say that the diameter of the sphere is 1.8 meters, and so the radius is half of that, which is uh, 0.9 meters. So we have the radius. Oh, we're, we're, we're rolling. Okay, so the equation in geometry that will give us the circumference of this sphere says that the circumference is equal to two times pi, which is 3.14 times the radius. So if you plug in those numbers, you get that the circumference of this sphere is about six meters around, okay? Now let's move on to the surface area. The, 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 the equation in geometry says, my mouth is getting a little dry, so excuse me if I start to sound a little, okay. Um, the surface area is four times pi times the radius squared. We plug in those numbers, we get the surface area of this sphere is about 10 square meters. Now for the volume, which is what we're really looking for, right? The equation from geometry says that the volume of this sphere is four-thirds times pi times the radius cubed. Plug in the numbers, we get that the volume of this sphere is about six cubic meters, okay? If you could take six squares of, that are meters all the way around, they would fit into this sphere. Okay, we have the volume. Now, the density. I looked it up and this particular sphere is made out of the rock Gabbro, G-A-B-B-R-O. And the average density of the rock Gabbro is three grams per cubic centimeter, okay? Now that's solid. And we need to work in the MKS system, meter, kilogram, Second, so we need to convert that three grams per cubic centimeter to kilograms per cubic meter. And that comes out to be 3,000 kilograms per cubic meter. So remember, there's six cubic meters that can fit in that sphere. So each one of those is uh, 3,000 kilograms. That is, that, that's, immense, right? Okay, so we get, if we multiply the density of our sphere by its volume, we get a mass for it of 9,300 kilograms. 
9,300 kilograms. Now we're looking for the weight. We're looking for the weight, right? Now your mass stays the same, no matter if you're on earth, if you're in outer space, Mars, in the ocean, your mass will always be the same. It's your weight that changes because your weight is the force of gravity acting upon your mass, okay? That's why you weigh less at the moon than you do on earth because the force of gravity on the moon is less than on earth. The moon is smaller than the earth. So you weigh less on the moon than you do on earth. So the value for gravity is 9.8 meters per second squared. Let's just say 10. If we, if we use the force of gravity on our mass of the sphere of 9,300 uh, kilograms, we get a weight of about 93,000 kilograms. 93,000 kilograms. Now, a ton is 907 kilograms. So if we divide that into our, into our number, we get that our sphere, my sphere, we go way back. I mean, we took that picture in 2013, and it's been with me throughout all my presentations as the United Nations and Nigeria. My sphere, this sphere then weighs about 100 tons. 100 tons. The space shuttle weighed around 75 tons. So this sphere weighs more than the space shuttle. And we were able to get it by not having to move it. Oh, by the way, another assumption that was made was that the density of it is going to remain pretty constant all the way throughout. And I don't think it's hollow. <laughs> so I, I did make the assumption that its density all the way throughout is uh, 3,000 kilograms per cubic meter, okay? I made certain assumptions just to get a ballpark idea of how much this magnificent specimen, this artifact from ancient times might weigh. And again, I continue to think, how could it have been moved? What did these people move? What did they use to move? Everybody, I'm back. We're back. Uh, we're getting this podcast deal straight. It's awesome, but it definitely, it, it's a new experience for us. Uh, we, we had some time left. And, and what I wanted to add is that notice that these equations we use from physics, algebra, geometry, they enabled us to get an idea of this, of this object without having to drill into it, destroy it, break it apart, without trying to lift it. Equations, that's what mathematical equations do for us. Until somebody else comes up with something better or different, that's what we have to try to understand the amazing phenomena that occur all around us in nature. Mathematical equations, the sights you see, the sounds you hear, there's mathematical equations that try to describe those phenomena. And they were obtained by somebody doing a whole lot of experimentation. For example, let me ask you a question. Let's say I take my pen and I drop it about a foot above the ground. And let's just say it takes one second for my pen to fall. We know that's the force of gravity acting upon it. But let me ask you this. 
what if I were to drop it another a second time and instead of taking one second, it took 10 seconds <laughs> and then I do it a third time and it takes an hour. Now that would not be very good, would it? Because we would never know what's gonna happen. Isn't it awesome that there's a mathematical equation that involves gravity that tells us that no matter if I drop my pin a million times, as long as I drop it from the same height, not only do I know that it's gonna take about the same amount of time to fall each time, I also know how much time that's gonna be. That equation was, uh, was obtained by somebody doing a whole lot of experimentation. Now, if you were to have an equation that was the most sophisticated, fancy equation you ever saw. It would start from one end of your room and go all the way, all four sides of your room, all the way back to the beginning. If that equation does not correctly describe what you perceive with your senses, then that equation is not doing what it's supposed to. The equation that describes my dropping my pen, if it was to say that it should take 100 years for my pen to fall to the ground, we know it's not correct, right? Because we don't perceive that. We don't see that pin taking 100 years to fall to the ground. And the most simple equations in physics, I'm sorry, the most powerful equations in physics are the most simple. Isaac Newton's equation, force is equal to mass times acceleration. F is equal to ma. So simple, but so powerful. Weight is equal to your mass times gravity. W is equal to mg. And of course, Albert Einstein's E is equal to mc squared. Energy of an object. If you could transform that energy into, that object into total energy, that amount would be equal to its mass times the velocity of light squared, mc squared. Now, the velocity of light is 186,000 miles per second, not per hour, per second, which equates to 110,000 kilometers per second. So you can see E, it doesn't take a whole lot of mass to get some serious energy, right? Now, this is the cool thing about mathematical equations. Sometimes they actually predict things that we, not, we have not yet been able to observe. Einstein, came out with his equation in 1905, his special theory of relativity, 1905. And two of the phenomena that his mathematical equations predicted way back then, if an object, let me say this first, the speed of light, right? 110,000 kilometers per second. According to Einstein, no physical object, no object that has a mass can ever move at the speed of light. Only photons, which are particles of light, only photons can move at the speed of light. So you have cosmic rays that move at relativistic speeds that get to the close, that get close to the speed of light, but they cannot reach that speed of light. So according to Einstein, if a physical object were ever able to get close to moving at the speed of light, it would encounter time like, sorry, my mouth is getting dry again, time dilation and length contraction. 
So as as an as, as say a cosmic ray, a proton starts to get close to the speed of light, time slows down for it, and it gets smaller. 1905, his equations predicted this. It wasn't until the 1980s when huge particle accelerators like the Fermi National Accelerator Laboratory, which is the largest particle accelerator in the United States, and CERN and the Large Hadron Collider in, in Europe, it wasn't until these huge machines were able to be invented and built that Einstein's predictions could actually be seen in the laboratory. And you might ask, okay, well, how do you see time dilation, <laughs> right? Okay, subatomic particles, elementary particles that make up the atom and that make up protons and neutrons and, and, so, and electrons, they actually have a lifetime. They only exist for a certain amount of time. So when these particles are accelerated up to the speeds that are very close to the speed of light, they actually live a little bit longer and they can actually see that in these laboratories. So isn't it amazing that these equations that were derived 1905 proved to be correct, but not until we were able to perceive the, that in the lab. So you out there, you come up with a, math, a mathematical equation that predicts something that has not yet been observed, Hold on to it. You might have something that has, as yet has not been discovered. But you know what? Something I never realized until somebody pointed it out to me. One of my favorite movies is The Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? The first one. Second one, third mm -hmm. one, eh. But the first one is my favorite. And I guess that scene where that big round sphere is rolling down that uh, the, 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 the deal there, that's actually supposed to represent yeah. the sphere. I didn't know that. I never, I never knew that. I never knew that. So, yeah. Next episode, and I, and I'm wow. serious, man. Can you imagine? I know I'm probably really tripping, but y'all, y'all already know I'm, I'm, I'm reliving my childhood with t tune in next week, same fat time, same with like the Batman show. Uh, wouldn't it be wild if we got sponsored? by some company here in Costa Rica or the university or somebody to, to do a field trip to the Baruca tribe or the Bribri tribe, take, you know, uh, get some laptops uh, donated that we could take to the village and, and just, just hang out and, and get a chance to talk a little bit to the elders and just ask them what are their opinions of the spheres wouldn't that be just and to be able to film that wouldn't that be just off the charts i mean to be able to do that i mean at some point way in the future with what's going you know with the conditions oh, yeah. now but you know that's a fantasy of mine to, to sit down in some village you know nice my you know how machu picchu was discovered machu picchu the, the archaeologist was hanging hanging out with one of the farmers in the area of Cusco. And I don't know, I think there was some, a piece of rock sitting over somewhere. And I guess the guy asked this farmer, oh, where'd you get that rock? And he said, oh, there's a whole bunch of them, you know, up, up the hill there, right? So 
this archaeologist gets, you know, gets a a, 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 a a person to take him up there, discovers Machu Picchu. Huh? You know, I mean, just unreal stuff like that. So my fantasy, again, is that yeah. at some point I'd get a chance to hang out with an elder of one of these indigenous peoples and just shoot the breeze with an interpreter, of course. And, and you know, who knows? He might, he or she might mention, oh, well, da-da-da. Oh? So anyway, you know, so anyway, we let's just take our time with these fears. I mean, there's all kind. We can, they can be approached artistically, uh, musically, maybe sound bounces off of them and they make a certain tune. But I don't see any need to rush into anything else for now. I mean, we're right here. They're here. They're found nowhere else in the world. What? And, you know, we might get the attention of, who knows, the president of Costa Rica. And, Bruce, you taught the Ray, Bruce taught the current president of Costa Rica English. Can you believe that? He taught the, the current president of Costa Rica. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway. I was one, hey, one of the teachers. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, how many people can say, oh, I taught the future president of the country? Yes, I did. Man, Bruce. Okay, so second episode is in the wraps. And we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll have fun with the next one. And we'll just stick with these spheres. And, hey, Bruce, do you think it would be possible for you to find a Star Trek angle to the spheres? Deep Space Nine. Anything connected with Star Trek. What do you think, Bruce? What do you think? Well, let me do a little research on that. Yeah, I mean... Let me yeah. do some research on that one. And even if you don't, so what? It's fun. It's fun anyway, right? <laughs> we'll put it in there anyway. Whatever you do, fine. This is great. So in our next episode, we will continue on our adventure and our exploration of these unique artifacts that are found nowhere else but Costa Rica. By the way, down the line, I will get to how these spheres have a connection to futuristic uh, physics, research that's going on at the frontiers of science, and also ancient physics, how ancient peoples may have used them. Okay, thank you for joining us, and uh, before I Turn it over to my my awesome team. Tune in next week. Same fat time, same fat channel. <laughs>